Vomiting Rainbows. This is episode 11. And on this episode, we talk about all kinds of things, from Trump to a tiny little town where they have a dead guy festival and guys try and blow up the police station, uh, pilots who try and drop their planes out of the air, and uh, 911 operators who ignore them. And El Chapo. And, and El Chapo. We also, Good man. And we have our special guest who has joined us for the second time. Uh, and that's Eric Victorino from the limousine. And Strata. And, and Eric. All, and all, himself. And, and his now. own projects. Awesome. This is Vomiting Rainbows. Thank you for joining us. Um, Mike and I are going to have a special guest, return guest, come. He's just running a little late, so he's going to join us probably mid-podcast. That's how professional this podcast is. We have like a start and a finish time. Exactly. <laughs> we, have, we, have a, we have a start, finish time, and then, of course, we have the uh, taco-eating guest that sometimes gets hung up at dinner. It happens, man. You know, you're eating tacos, you lose track of time. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against anybody. No, not at all. Um, but before he gets here, since he doesn't even know about this, we can uh, go to a little corrections corner uh from our un, our episode 10 wait a second we 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 missed uh we we sp- we outspoke or misspoke i should say well we inferred that this was probably the case okay but we well now we absolutely know so uh the antigo police department uh did find out who made the high walter it's patrick video oh they did they did um and they said, with the help of other law enforcement agencies, we were able to dis- to 100% identify the video, Hi, Walter, it's me, Patrick, as a complete fake. Um, it was put on by a video producer, cameraman, and actress, uh, and it was done for an art project and has nothing to do with the disappearance of Kayla Burke. There you go. So, so, so that guy, ba- they may have not found it, but the guy probably found them. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, dude, I'm not a wanted man. This is a joke. This was an art project. And it's kind of what we thought, right? I mean, that was one of our scenarios. Well, he said, I pulled down the video, and the police department was like, mm, okay. Yeah. He did nothing wrong. So he, he made a pretty disturbing video for a art class, I'm assuming. But, uh, yeah, it was a complete fake. Yeah. Man, that, that would I bet I bet he's freaked out though. He's probably like I gotta he's probably like destroying all his comic book collection, all his horror related stuff. He's like, dude, the cops are you know, you know <laughs> cops are knocking at my door. Yeah, absolutely. I mean this this was uh, it seemed uh, with the mom saying that it was it could possibly be her daughter. Yeah. That raised the bar really, really high. Big time, of course, man. I mean, you have a missing kid and you think you see him in a video like that? I mean, that's gonna that's gonna uh, it's gonna definitely cause you some sleepless nights. But it goes back to basically everything that we thought about the video. It felt very scripted. So we didn't really misspeak. We actually were right on. We were right on. We just didn't have confirmation of the, of the fact that the uh, the cops were uh, in concurrence with our uh, with our opinion. The right. video. So apparently they thought pretty sure it was a fake, but they found the guy. Uh, he told them exactly what he did, and, yeah. and they've asked people to stop posting things about that video, and they've uh, and actually heavy pulled the video down. Hmm. So, um, you know, that seems like the responsible thing to it, do, it, man. It, it seems like the right thing yeah, to do, man. I just like the fact that we have uh, more uh, stuff for uh, you know a future job in CSI. I'm going to add all this to my resume. Like, yeah, we figured this out, man, and then Detective- the cops confirmed it. Detective Mike on the case. Let's get turned into to a, a detective podcast. Who knows, Doug? Yeah, exactly. De- <laughs> detective Nelson. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, we misspoke and someone, like, corrected us and 
you know, someone pointed out that we really don't know what we're talking about, and that would be really embarrassing. So no, no, dude, we're experts on yeah. everything that we talk about on this podcast. Yeah, man, it's on the internet. What? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's on the internet, and all of our research is so so well done. Yeah, Doug does spend about like four to five minutes before we uh, oh, hit record. at least at least four to five. Yeah, it's good though, man. So, um, the our first story uh, that we're going to talk about tonight is, I think, probably the most. Um, disturbing thing i've heard in a little while and that says a lot um, it does say a lot sit down everybody make sure you're <laughs> sitting down if you're not D- D- doug D- doug's taste in stories go from like grim to like horrific <laughs> so uh this woman is called uh uh shonda williams um and she is a 911 operator mm. um and you know you call 911 it's usually an urgent situation. For sure. Um, and so Krenshanda basically felt um, that the uh, 911 callers were annoying her. I'm sure that a lot of the uh, 911 callers that call in are annoying. I probably, you know, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough, tough job, man. And a lot of people don't realize that those places, like they think like there's a, uh, you know, like a 100 people there. Working in some call center, a lot of times there's like like one or two people there dealing with like a, like you know a whole county, right? Exactly. So you know the other thing that most people would do if they were if if callers were annoying, they might be terse or um, maybe unempathetic. Mm. But uh, Crenshanda would just hang up on them. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like a repeat caller, or you know what I mean, like. Because uh, no. that's the thing too. Like, if you have like a you know like a fifteen year old kid going like, "Hey man," like you know, after a while you're like, "Hey dude, this is an emergency line. I can't be dealing with your calls, right?" No. So the first, uh, so what had led to this? Or she would just that, hang up on everybody. She would just hang up. <laughs> literally, she was hanging up on on everyone. Like somebody like, "There's a fire!" And click. Yeah, but it, this is like one of those things where her bosses identified her as having. Uh, like twenty to seventy times more twenty second calls than anyone else in the call center. Yeah. So that started to raise flags for them. Of course. Um, and the the first one uh, that they actually caught her with audio was a security guard reported a reckless driver. Yeah. And she he like said, "Hey, I'm at the corner of this." intersection and this intersection and there are these guys doing donuts or whatever no really like high rate of speed yeah uh two weeks before this in the same area um peop- uh, a family was killed by reckless drivers oh man um and she, so he he actually was aware and was trying to be diligent he called and she she just immediately right before at the end of the intersection she just hung up on him and she then she says into her own headphones after the calls disconnected. Ain't nobody got time for this. Huh. Well, that's, yeah, that's uh, that's where she's wrong. That's right. her job is to take calls from the public. Uh, so so obviously, you know, the, the call center knows there's an issue with this lady. Do they, what, like, what, like what finally happened? Uh, well, I mean, then the next one, I think we have to go through, like. Oh, call co- by call. Co- okay, couple- we're, like, air checking this, this, this operator. <laughs> So uh, the the other one, uh, there was a guy whose store was being robbed, uh, and he was calling for help, and it was the middle of a robbery. Um, he 
opened the mic on or had the call down and he said, Hey, I'm in the middle of like a live robbery. Yeah. I, I need police assistance right away. Um, and she hung up and just sighed. Oh, wow. That's cr- like, so she wasn't even like dispatching police to the no. scene. She was just taking calls and saying, well, yeah, I mean, you know, this is, this is someone who and doesn't that, want to have their job very long. And that, <laughs> you know? Well, and then. And what city was this in? Uh, in Houston, Texas. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and that guy was killed oh. in the robbery. So now let me ask you a question, Doug. Is she liable for his death since she didn't send uh, help? Uh, they are not releasing exactly what they're going to prosecute her with. Yeah. But it is, it's bad. It's definitely some type of like gross negligence, right? That led to the harm of another person. I mean, exactly. De- you know, there's got to be some type of, I don't know if she's going to be like life in prison for murder, but she definitely, uh, you know, added to that situation that got that guy killed. That's horrible, man. Yeah. It was, it's, it's unconscionable yeah. like, that she would do something like that. Um, so what she 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 suspended like for like a week whatever. <laughs> yeah. So she's um she's at this point she's in custody um and uh they there's just like a flood of messages about how despicable this is. Now do you think it's possible that this this lady is like some type of uh like a plant from some like cell like in order to disrupt uh you know police uh police functioning you know what i mean like like you know kind of take them down from the inside type thing where she's like okay i'll train i'll become a uh, a dispatch 911 operator and then i'll you know i'll just wreak havoc right oh i i think uh probably not that but they found thousands and thousands of calls that she just disconnected. So I would so imagine, these, yeah, like not only is she in trouble, but I imagine the supervisor is uh, is, is, is going to be in trouble as well, right? Yeah, I mean they they are uh, they are right now. It's a criminal complaint, um, and the Houston courts are trying to figure out what crime they're going to charge her with. Have you ever had to call nine one one, Doug? I don't think so. Yeah, I've called I've called a couple times in my life. I remember one time. I was driving up Market Street, up toward like Portola, kind of near Twin Peaks, and I was at this stop sign, and there was a, uh, there, I want to say there was a kid in the back seat, uh-huh. and then and there was a guy and a and a lady, and there was like a kid in the back seat, and this dude just starts wailing on this girl in the passenger seat. Oh, I mean, shit. like just punching, just like wham, wham, and I'm like, whoa, dude! Like, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, this guy was beating this lady. And so I followed him, and I, I call 911, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, you know, I'm behind this car. This is where they're at. This guy is literally punching this girl as hard as I've ever seen a guy punch anybody. And there's a kid in the back of the uh, – In the vehicle. The car, in the back of the vehicle. I mean, this is a, this is a messed up situation. You and know? is the car moving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We're driving. I'm following them. And every t- and the guy, like, would punch her while, while uh, they're, we're driving. And we were driving fast. You know, it's city traffic, so maybe 20 miles an hour. But anytime right. they would stop, he'd start wailing on her really hard. So I got, I gave them the um, uh, license plate. I told them the make of the car. You know, I told them what was going on. I gave them the intersection, and I was like, "Do you want me to follow this guy?" And then, like, you know, if he pulls up, pulls up into a house, like, get out of the car and like, you know, kick his ass, or you know, she's like, "Absolutely not." You know, right? Ba- she basically told me like, "Just you've given us all the information we need." You know, just d- stop following them, basically. Right. Um, so I did, but I, I mean, and then I, I, I always wish I would have kept following them to, to get some resolution. Because like, right. did the cops even find this guy? Or like, you know, I would, I wouldn't mind like jumping his ass. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. such a messed up situation. But with that said, I will say that the uh, the person I dealt with on the phone was super professional. 
And, uh, you know, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't like, well, that's not my problem. Click. And I yeah. got the phone. Yeah. That, I, I think that's the thing that they're, they're talking about here is that it, it's just who, who in the world when this is the lifeline for like this guy who's getting, getting like, like another, another woman, uh, another guy called about his wife who lost consciousness in uh, the front yard, yeah. and she hung up on them. I as mean, well. the, the, the thing is, I think any type of uh, emergency responder, whether it's like on the front line as a firefighter or a dispatcher, I mean, you have to realize that people are calling you perhaps on their worst day of their lives. Yeah. Like that's part of the job, right? I mean, I'm sure you get your your annoying calls and your crank calls and your goofballs and stuff, but you know, most sane people are calling nine one one. When they're in a horrific situation, they're calling for help. So, I mean, it, it's, it's appalling that this lady took her job so, uh, you know, just not serious, really. Yeah, and, and you would also think that, again, going back to the supervisor, that they'd vet for somebody who is able to handle the stress of, of this job. And if you're not, not able to uh, handle a bad day and save lives, then you shouldn't – this is not for you. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Well said, Doug. <laughs> well said, and then you know maybe maybe we should take a, uh, a yeah, little gonna, breather yeah. and, and bring Eric up here. We'll take a break. We'll take a break right here, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna get our special guest. Our special guest. Uh, we now have we're now joined by our second time second guest, uh, or second second time our guest has been here, Eric. <laughs> uh, yeah. Eric. How do you say that? He's our secondest time Look, up runner up guest. Dude, I'm we're so professional. I don't I don't want to get like into like the eloquence of like what I have to announce. He's our first repeat guest, man. That's what you're trying to say. And I want to say that was very well said. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so while uh, while we were waiting for Eric, we talked about uh, Corrections Corner, and then we talked about a 911 operator that uh, just hung up on people when they would call for an emergency. I I worked at Earthlink in customer service. (laughs) And I did the same thing. Did you really? Yeah, but but people weren't dying. It wasn't life and death. It was just... But nope. every once in a while, you just hang up on them? Well, because they had the number on the wall, and the supervisor would come and see how many calls were waiting. So we'd right. just go click, 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 <laughs> till the number went down. Now, w- w- would you... Okay, so that's how you do it. You wouldn't, like, sit there and kind of string the dude along. But, okay, now you want to plug in your... And the guy's, like, just no, about no, to no. solve the problem. No, then, that pff. doesn't get the number down fast enough. <laughs> That's why I don't like having jobs. Have you tried to turn your computer on and back off again? <laughs> I worked in, uh, dude, you totally reminded me. I had a job for a, a while doing, uh, like, a, what do they call it, like, telemarketing. Oh, no way. Selling, like, uh, it's weird, too, because the place is still there. It's down in uh, San Clemente. It's, like, the Riviera Beach and Spa, whatever. Uh-huh. And, like, when I was in high school, I did, like, I, I worked there and sold timeshares. Like, I just call people randomly and be like, hey, you'd be interested in a timeshare? And, <laughs> and I mean, and I would, and, like, those leads worked. Like, people actually bought timeshares. But I remember they paid cash every day, and they gave you a free pizza. So it was, oh, wow. it was awesome. And it was like, yeah, it was like five bucks an hour back in the day. So you go there and make, like, 40 bucks and free pizza. And you, like, weren't, and you weren't clicking through calls. I wasn't, man. I'm like, I could work here forever. I think I had it figured out mathematically. This is when things were really cheap. I'm like, I could live in my car, and I never have to do anything. I could just. I could live here forever. I could, I could get just free pizza, and that's call people, it. Call people all day and bother them. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's this uh, uh, guy who made a AI that um, you call and you conference the AI into your telemarketer call. So mm-hmm. you're like, hey, hold on just a second when, like, a telemarketer calls. Yeah. And then you 
uh, conference this number in and it will make really dumb remarks to them and keep them on the call forever. So it's like, hey, hold on. Like, I'm, I'm having trouble hearing you. Hold on just a second. And then yeah. you'll hear, like, oh, hold on. I, I have to take care of my dog. And, and it will continue wasting their time. Forever. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, pe- they, they still get paid. Yeah. yeah. They don't care. And that's the thing is people assume that uh, you as an as a individual don't have time. And they're, that's true for most people at most times in their life. But there was a time where I had lots of time. <laughs> And so I would go, I would just go, I wouldn't even be looking for like a car. I'd go into a car dealership and kind of like try to negotiate buying a, you know, a car. I'd spend like four or five hours in a dealership yep. and, and having right. no intention of buying a car just to try to learn like how they, how they do stuff. Did take it, it for like a test drive? I did take it for a test drive. <laughs> but then I'd sit there and when it comes, you know, because, they, they, you know, you okay for this. And they put you in like the finance guy and that's where you really figure out how much you're going to pay. That's when you scratch your chin and be like, mm, yeah, I'd be right like, back. I don't know, man. You know, I'm, and I, I'm mean, walking I, out of here right now. Yeah, I'd be like, I got I got cash, man. I'll write a check <laughs> right now for this. And the guy's like, well, we, can give you, we can give you a 22 grand. I'm like, nope, 18 grand. That's it, man. And then they come back like two hours later. We can do it for 20. I was hit 18. What? Yeah. You just took two hours, bro. And they'd expect me to be like, fine, you know. I, right. And I just get up and leave. Like, I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, talk about having no life, dude. Right? That's pretty sad. Good way to spend your time. It's pretty sad, right? Uh, and and then that led to your career in radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're like, I can talk to people for hours and hours yeah. and hours. This is actually when I was doing. I was doing morning, so I got off at ten. I just said all day. Oh right. Is that <laughs> is Thursday's that, car dealership day? Is that when we meet over in the park and just like have beers like? Mid-day. There was a lot of yeah. There was a, <laughs> spent a lot of time doing that too, hanging out in the park, park benches, partying with the homeless, good times. So uh, let's talk about our next story. Um, I didn't hear about this one very much in the news, um, but uh, it's this guy. Um, his name is Michael Ansbury, uh, David Michael Ansbury, and uh, he decided that um, he wanted to put a small bomb outside a tiny town police station. So, um, like how small of a bomb? I mean, like a firework <laughs> or like small as tiny town. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's a town of 1,400 people in Colorado. Um, and it's called, uh, Netherland. Um, and it has five cops in the mall police station. Uh, and that's I think, probably as, as many cops are in Vallejo. It, like for a town of a thousand, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I think there's only, I want to say there might be like 500 cops in San Jose. And that's like a million people. Right. That's a pretty heavily policed uh, small town. Yeah, I think it's uh, maybe some of those people are just friends that have a bad. Just dudes that carry guns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guys. Deputies. Yeah, yeah deputies. Um, this sounds like a like a jealous husband thing or something. No. Uh, well, hold on. It's it's going to it gets interesting. Um, so the uh, he had a bomb and it was actually kind of sophisticated. It was a, a cell phone bomb. Uh, he used a track phone. Uh, was it a Samsung Galaxy Note 7? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is just keep calling it, and eventually it gets too hot yeah. and it explodes. Um, the police officer found the bomb sitting outside of the police station. He brought it into the police station, set it on the desk in the center of the police station, then went about his work, uh, didn't get to the bomb immediately, or the back. He didn't know there was a bomb in it at that time. Uh, then after doing a couple of things, he went back to check what was in the see if he could find the owner and then he realized it was a bomb so wait, took wait, it wait, out wait. of the police station so the cop sits there some guy drops a bag onto the counter and he's not like hey what's that but he just kind of ignores it and then 
No, no, he doesn't ignore it. He brings it into the actual, like, puts the it cop. on his desk. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah. the, so the guy left it outside. Yep. Oh, and okay. and then he put it on his desk. Does Got that, it. Does that make him an accomplice? <laughs> yeah. He was. He's the one that brought it into the, the police station. Yeah. yeah. This guy just wanted to blow up a mailbox outside. Yeah, this guy was like, maybe I'll just scare them. He and wanted then... to scare some crows out of a tree. <laughs> this, is, this is the cop that made it all crazy. And so he, he uh, the bomb squad... Um, finally detonated the bomb but they were able to get the phone and and find out all this the guy had been calling the, the bomb like incessantly trying to get it to blow up but wow. it, it didn't work have you ever noticed though like when, when they uh, blow up bombs sometimes the explosion is like way bigger than you, oh yeah you know what I'm talking about like like the, maybe the bomb would like i don't know it was like fireworks it's, and it's then like it, video footage <laughs> yeah like it's, a, it's like a pack of fireworks or something that might make like a little explosion and they'll like ignite a landmine to blow up that bomb oh absolutely yeah. Because you know those bomb guys are like, we get to blow shit up. Yeah. They've been waiting for this. Totally. Like, bring in the robot. Let's go. They they full-on bought in the robot. They had helicopters and everything. And, and of course, this is itty-bitty town. So this is like. Big deal. Huge deal. They're going to sing songs of this in the village. Exactly. (laughs) A million years. Those guys are getting statues in the the town square made, man. Right now. So they don't know exactly what. why he did this he hasn't said yet small town dude people are bored no people are bored in a small town they want some action they want some drama but he was in a radical group in the 1960s and they think it's a grudge from 40 years ago no way yeah like some cop was like cut your hair hippie and he's like someday i'm gonna get you yeah there'll be technology cellular technology where i can make a bomb um the reason that they were able to catch him is because this is Ansbury, right? Because uh, it's just his phone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his number and his mom's number and the speed dial. Um, he uh, he's six uh, six uh, foot three inches. Yeah, uh, and he also is on crutches. It's also um, a town of a thousand people. I mean, true. And they they have him on video footage going to the store, buying the track phone, and then they were able to follow all of his movements through the town because of the video footage. Yeah. Uh, so they knew exactly where he was, where he went, when he dropped off the bag. They have the pictures of all of him, like, doing all of these things. So Think, of, not- think about how crazy it is that they have that level of surveillance in a small town, yeah. right? I mean, that's kind of, that's, doesn't that kind of creep you out a little bit? Like, I, when I think about, like, living in a small town, like... I, like I think, think that, you expect it in San Francisco, but not. Yeah, right. like, I wouldn't even think that there's any cameras in a town of a thousand people. It's just kind of like you know everyone, and well, that's why people live in a small town, right? They get don't, away from that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm guessing David was hoping that they didn't have cameras. Yeah. But it also sounds a little bit like this town is a little, like, wayward pinesy. Mm. But do you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good pop culture reference, Doug. Thank, thank you. I got you there, I, man. <laughs> thanks. I'm glad you got my back on that one. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, he had this grudge. Um He's looking at five to 20 years. Uh, but one of the really interesting things is this town is yeah. known for um, one big thing a year, and it's called the Frozen Dead Guy Days. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> Road trip. Hey, what do you do? You guys all going to Frozen Dead Guy? Di- what is it? It's Frozen Dead Guy Days. Is this how Coachella um, started? Is this the true roots? So uh, Frozen Dead Guy Days is Frozen there was a guy who was brought to the town uh, after he his his wife, after he passed away, and his wife kept him frozen. Um, and basically, like, her own version of cryo- cryogenics, like, and... Then they eventually... Can you do that? Is that legal? I mean, no. So you can't. It's like weekend um, at Bernie's, but... Yeah. 
but she's a, a Norwegian citizen. Uh, oh. And um, the guy's name is Bredo Morstol. Um, and just kept the, the body preserved on dry ice uh, and then stored him in, uh, in liquid uh, uh, nitrogen. And, and now um, they have a parade, or what, what do they do? No, so, so they actually have a, a really slow kind of zombie walk thing that they do. All and, thousand people. This is awesome. This is, they, maybe the guy wanted to. Well, he's trying to blow up the whole town just to end this kind of misery. Like he's like, I, I can't, I can't stand. I can't do frozen another dead frozen guy dead guy. guy. So, so, so the, they have coffin races, a slow motion parade, uh, frozen dead guy lookalike contest. What the? <laughs> sounds like, kind of cool, actually, man. And, and, that sounds great, but like it's you know a thousand people. Do they get bored of this or? <laughs> No, I don't, <laughs> I don't think. I think they look up, look for it every single year. Nice. Um, it, there's actually a documentary called "Grandpa's in the Tough Shed." Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is you're making this I, shit up. I, I wish I could. I but, wish we awesome. could get somebody who lives there, like, just to send us an email and tell us like anything firsthand from them. Yeah, uh, they have the polar plunge. Uh, anybody who in March is uh, early March is when it is is willing to jump into their local lake. Uh, they have a, a a ball called Grandpa's Blue Ball. <laughs> yeah, this is up there with like the testicle festival in uh, Montana. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, a couple of, uh, and then they have a frozen dead guy uh, snow snow sculpture contest. This is awesome. So yeah, I've I've completely changed my mind about this like overly policed uh, camera town. This this place is happening. Yeah, like and and then they give a tour of the tough shed. Uh, cryogenic mausoleum, which is where Frozen Dead Guy is now. He's still there. Still he's frozen. Still, still there. Still frozen. It's unbelievable. And I think you can even view him. He's like online. He's got his own webcam. No, but no? you can view him during the oh. during the. It's like a freak show. It's like exactly. you pay five bucks, see the Frozen Dead Guy. It's it's literally Man. crazy. That is crazy. The thing I don't understand is how can something like this, like so wacky and crazy. Happen in a, a town of a thousand people. I mean, this is like a San Francisco thing. Like, yeah, if you right. said this happens in San Francisco in December, people wouldn't even think twice. They'd be like, oh yeah, of course. But I mean, that's cool. sounds like Beta Breakers, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Well, exactly. guess where David's from? Ansbury. Dave uh, Ansbury. Yeah, he's from California. Oh, is he? <laughs> ah! He's the outsider. He's the outsider. Well, this is the thing, man. Uh, there's a lot to be learned from this story, Doug. <laughs> Not only about the Frozen Dead Guy Festival, but this guy ha- had held a grudge for 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. I mean, that there's a lesson to be learned here about holding on to things, man. You got to let shit go. Yeah. I mean, 40 years? I'm, I'm trying to think like the longest like grudge I've held, maybe like, how old am I? Maybe <laughs> Maybe 40 years now that I think about it. No, no I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe a, maybe a few months, well, right? In a way, it's about two grudges being held because the woman couldn't let go of this guy. She had to <laughs> right. freeze him. Freeze she him. had to freeze him and keep him. But that Ansbury guy with the bomb, I mean, like, to, to be angry about something that happened 40 years ago. I mean, do you hold on to grudges, Eric? I mean, is that uh, Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, for, like my, I think that's one of my defining traits is... My inability to let shit go. But 40, 40 years? <laughs> I'm not 40 yet, but I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I'm 41. When you're 41. And you'll be like, remember that one time when I was one years old and I didn't get that? I mean, not not being like, you know, you, you share as much as you want, but like, what, like what's like the biggest thing that, that you, uh, you know, that you're holding on to, man? I don't know. I think, you know, when, when someone does something fucked up and doesn't apologize for it or doesn't make it good. Yeah. I can hold on to that for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to 
bomb any police stations over it, but I definitely... I mean, I get the idea. Like, if, if someone mistreats you, you're like, okay, I'm done with that person, or I'm not going to, you know, go out of my way for that person. I get that, but it's like to be, like, to be angry like this... Yeah, and I'm not defending myself. It's, it's, it's a thing that I actually totally hate about my... It's like something I would change. Yeah. And I do try to make an effort to change that, like... Actually, you know what? I unblocked a few people recently, mm. and I think that's a sign of letting stuff it's growing. When you unblock someone and give them another chance yeah. to not be a you know, fucking psycho or whatever. You unblock somebody just to have them bother you again, and God right. damn it. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> give him a I shot. knew this was a bad idea. <laughs> no, I'm going back to the grudges. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Doug? You got, you got any long-time grudges? I do. I, I, I had a grudge over the past year uh, with a friend, and... Um, I was actually at um, Fleet Week, yeah, and I was. We were at the same party, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, yeah. Like I enjoy hanging out with this person. Like I will give it an effort. So we got drunk, hung out, made out, and everything's yeah, good. At, we we broke down and like yeah. full on like put everything out there, and then just kind of let everything go. That's yeah, good. that's a good. Thing. And yeah. then yeah, so I think that's. A good thing to do. I held on. A, I held on to a grudge for a pretty long time. It was a buddy of mine. It was a. It was a buddy and his wife. Ooh. Uh, was like you know messed around on him. You know. Oh. And I was just like, I, I was so angry about it because he was such a good dude, right? Right. And I was so angry about it, and I was just you know I, I just couldn't. And, but he could. He forgave her, and he was like, Hey, dude, like you know this is, you know, like if I'm cool with it, you got to be cool with it. And I, it took me a long time to like to get be- over it, man. You know, because I was just like, dude, you're dude. like, you don't need to be treated that way. Like, I, I was so, I can't, you know, you know what I mean? And in the reality, it was none of my business. It's their right. relationship. And what the, you know, who the, who am I? your buddy. That, it takes more energy to hold a grudge than, you know, that, it takes more muscles to frown than to smile. Right? It's exactly. true. And, well, that's the thing. And then, but, you know, I finally realized, and he kind of helped me realize, like, he's like, dude, because every time I go there, I'd be like, oh. I kind of like, just be like, right. you know, angry and just right. kind of. And, you know, finally, like, dude, listen, bro. He's like, this is my life. Like, I'm, you know, like, if I'm cool with it, you got to be cool with it. And I was just yeah. like, God, he's right. And then that made me mad because I don't like being wrong. Right. You know, I was like, hey, you're right. <laughs> Screw you and your relationship. Get my track but phone, bud. Exactly. <laughs> did, but, but after you kind of realized that, did you feel better and kind of let it go? Yeah, or, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I apologized to her because I was, I was always, after that, I was always really rude to her and stuff. So I, right. you know, I definitely was like, hey, man, I'm sorry for being a jerk, but. You know, I love your husband probably more right. than you do. That's, that's, <laughs> that's part of getting older, though. You just got to, you know, realize that all that effort's not worth it. That's right, and, man. And and you know who can't let go of a grudge? El Chapo. El Chapo. I know. I heard about this, Did dude. you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, the last thing that I was going to talk about is, uh, so um, El Chapo, I don't know how, somehow he reached out to his crew and uh, the judge that prosecuted him was out running and was just assassinated on the on the seventeenth. So yesterday, yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah. it, it, and the thing is, I, I remember that was my first kind of thing when Sean Penn kind of uh, not that he directly like turned him in, but he he led to his capture. Like I was just sitting there going, like, dude, like Sean Penn has to be scared for his life, right? Yeah. Because. You, like that's way deeper like i don't think people understand like when you're at that level of organized crime like they don't care that you're an actor or they don't care no. that you're famous like you know if you led to the the downfall of their kind of like their king yes you're you're dead i mean it's you know so i don't know it's it doesn't this doesn't surprise me 
I mean, it sounds like it's straight out of a movie. Right. It's scary. It's freaky. Have they, have they made a, a movie about him yet? Oh, yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I know the, that they've, like, based characters off of him, but have they actually... Uh, I, I, I know they've done a lot of documentaries. Uh, and I'm kind of hoping that that... Do uh, you think Sean Penn will play him? I, I'm hoping that... <laughs> I'm hoping that they'll, like, keep Narcos going kind of through the years and then, like, follow up with, like, El Chapo and, like, do other, you know crime lords of that yeah because they're gonna you know right now they're like in the 80s of narcos in season two so then they'll go into the 90s el chapo and what do you think the fascination uh of those drug lords is like with it with the you know the common dude just the average dude like why are we so fascinated with these guys is it it because like the insane wealth the the excess of lifestyle like like what is it that that fascinates it's the same reason people like you know uh rock stars and stuff they think that guy gets to do everything i don't get to do yeah, uh, like and he, just just a uh, reckless and 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 spending and all the all the pussy they probably get, you know. All yeah, the, all the pussy they grab. Yeah, <laughs> they <get to> grab <laughs> all the pussy. Um, but, it's it's a lot to be uh, you know for people to envy you for, I guess. Well, and they also like hold a whole country hostage. Yeah, you, you know, it, it's it's one thing to be like a celebrity and held to a certain regard or or a rock star, but this is. Somebody who is holding a whole country, but it's and- interesting because like my brother lives in Cleveland, and and he you know he like in East Cleveland it's so poor and it's so underpoliced where the where the uh, the drug dealers really are like they really like feed the community and in the winter right. they pay for the roads to get plowed. I mean they do they do like so much stuff for the for the neighborhood uh, where it's it's like a, they're almost kind of heroes. They're almost kind of like uh, you know local like celebrities are almost they are the mayor of it's that. They, it's of like that how block. they set up every like mobster movie. It's always the <clears throat> the boss is like well loved in the whole community. Yeah. yeah. It's looked up to, you know. And I think that's the thing is I think America has a soft spot for, you know, like you're saying like these guys who are kind of like the Robin Hoods or you know they have these tragic flaws. They might be great guys, but they're they're you know they found themselves in these circumstances, uh, you know, to to be running these crime syndicates. Um, so even though it's against the law, and it might be harming society overall. In a way, they're kind of they're, they have like this mythical uh, kind of they have these mythical properties in a way. Yeah. Well, we'll look at the Sopranos. So the Sopranos, like everyone looks at Tony Soprano as this guy who's desperately trying to change and like going to the like trying to be the best in. Um, what was season one of Narcos? The he the big drug lord in that. Uh, Tony Soprano. I, th- I think it's a fake show, dude. I don't no, think, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't Narcos. think James Gandolfini. No, was... I haven't even seen that yet. I've been meaning to watch it because I love that kind of genre. That's what I mean. It's 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 fascinating, and I think that's the thing too. Is I think there's oh. part of it that that you know when you learn about these guys, a lot of these guys are just idiots, right? And they just they're kind of in the same. They just find themselves in, uh, in this situation, and next thing you know, they're just they're they're rolling, and you're like, "Hey, wait a second, man!" Like Donald like, Trump. You're like, right. "Exactly, yeah. you know, I could do that." Yeah. So in in season one, it was Pablo Escobar is the oh. one that they're talking about, and and all of that. But like even he, throughout the whole thing, he's trying to like change Colombia and like try and like run for government and trying to better. He's better in air quotes the 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 country. Yeah. But his past of just complete violence always like he doesn't get his way he just like attacks like everyone and yeah kills everyone yeah no i mean i i got friends that are in uh, law enforcement down in southern california he's a, a firefighter and, and when they find like a lot of dead bodies he has to go you know he's, he's they call paramedic and whatever and firefighters and stuff show up and he said that when the uh 
the uh, Mexican drug cartels were coming into California <clears throat> that he would get he would go on calls and they would find like twelve fucking bodies in like a uh, uh, like a shower stall all fucking executed right like gnar like Ugh. fucking with their heads cut off like crazy shit yeah like and he they'd walk in and they'd be like oh fuck because it wasn't like a serial killer it wasn't like a murder right. it wasn't a violent crime it was like dude this is straight up like drug wars yeah crazy man. Well, so and he was always freaked out because he's just like, dude, I, like, am I gonna like, you know, like, should I just leave this body where it is? Because I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to offend any kind of like, I don't know what their their culture is or what their, you know, their rules are. Like, if I touch this enemy body, am I? Yeah, somehow mar- marked so. man. He's like, I'm just a firefighter, dude. Yeah, and that's the other thing is you never know how how involved you're going to be. Just like what you're talking about with Sean Penn, like he didn't know, but uh, the hubris that that um um. What's his name had the uh, drug lord El like, Chapo El Chapo got him straight into the line of fire and and also got him caught. Yeah, my favorite thing about El Chapo was when he got arrested. The shirt that he wore when he got arrested like went on sale and was like it, sold out. Was it a shirt of Ryan Gosling wearing a Macaulay Culkin shirt? It was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with his, exactly. It was like some kind of like had some cheesy pattern on it, but they had the El Chapo shirt that they released and like it sold so, out. I mean, I, I'm months. not. I'm not like 100 percent on the story. He like. He went through like a tunnel and got out of jail or something, right? That- yeah. So he, what what he did is while he was in jail, the the drug lords or his his crew dug a tunnel in under the jail. He got put on the bottom floor, and they dug a hole through his shower stall, and built a staircase up under his toilet or under his shower stall. So it kind of like flipped up. And and he just walked down like all convenient. Yeah, very awesome. convenient. It was just like you you. They had the video of him because they had a video in his shower or in his uh, in his cell, and you can just see him go boop 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 Later. and just walk. He just walks out. Yeah, basically, and, and that is insane. And then they couldn't find him for years. Yeah. And that was the second time he had he broken out. He went to out. take a shower and never came back. Exactly, crazy, man. Watch out! Don't go in that bathroom stall. <laughs> Man. He's like the like the real life Kaiser Sosa. Exactly. Yeah. Except for everyone knows exactly who he is. Right. <laughs> where's now? Where's he's in jail now? Right. Yeah, he's in the U.S. Yeah. So it's it's he's busted now. But do you think uh, he listens to this podcast? He's I, probably listening to a lot of podcasts, right? You got time in jail. Yeah. Uh, let's hope not. Let's hope he's not upset about it. Like we, we like we liked how he he got out. He's a good man. Please, yeah. He looks please, out for uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't want any grudge with El Chapo. Especially, especially because his reach is still out there. Big time, of course, man. You know, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, a lot, you know, the guy who shot this judge, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is probably just a dude who wants to make his mark and show his loyalty to his boss, you know. Or maybe it's a job interview. That's true, too. Okay. Thanks. All right. Well, so that's the end of our podcast. That's all you got, man? Let's, I got one more. Come on. Do you, you want one more? Where's this Trump stuff? I one more. To... All right. I got... I've got one more for you. This one hits close to home for me because I'm a pilot. Um, and, uh, Congratulations, this... by the way. I know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Eric brings up a great point. I mean, I think every, I bet 99.9% of uh, podcasts right now are, are, are talking about the presidential election. Yeah, and I've listened to all of them, <laughs> yeah. and I want that, that 1% to do a Trump story. I, I'm so obsessed with this, and, like, I mean, I've been paying attention to politics my whole life and right. been voting since I was 18, and... I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I can't believe every day there's just more. And the last debate is tomorrow. Yeah. So all these rumored videos of, like, The Apprentice outtakes where he says the N-word and, like, yeah. all this crazy shit. 
if it's going to come out, I think it's going to come out tonight or tomorrow morning in time for this debate. Right. Well, this is it's the, just a fascinating time to be paying attention. It's the October to surprise. Right. <laughs> well, there have already been a few. But yeah. That, well, they, they tried to lay all their, like, nuclear weapons out so far. But you know they're holding, like, a couple more. For There's got to be more. And- I would just love to see, like, a real-time, <clears throat> like, um, a real-time uh, – Voting loss of of females when he made the uh, the comments about grabbing the uh, yeah, yeah, uh, private parts. I mean, it's like it's like even like say there were a thousand women that were like, I'm going to vote for Trump. Like as soon as those words were uttered, it's just like. And there are like, probably yeah. a lot of people still saying, you know, because they can't tell their husband that they're not going to vote for him. But yeah, get in that booth. No, come on. Yeah. And then uh, his own son, Donald Trump Jr., coming out and saying. If you're a woman and you can't handle sexual harassment in the workplace, maybe you don't belong in the workplace. Whoa. And you should go teach kindergarten. <laughs> like, this is a real thing. I mean, I'm that, not laughing. Wait. No. I can't believe it's actually, like, happening. It's like an idiocracy, that well, movie. It is well, idiocracy. I mean, that's that's the world we're living in. Like, and, and, like all Trump supporters go and and Paul Ryan's doing a speech and people start screaming, chanting, Paul Ryan sucks. I, I, yeah. t- I told, I told uh, Doug, I think it was last podcast, my, my favorite thing I've seen, uh, I, 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 probably out of any presidential uh, campaign in, in recent memory, I'd say at least the last 20 years, was it was at a Trump rally, and they had there was the, all these old uh, white ladies holding up signs like Asians for Trump, blacks for trump and it's like dude if you can't have the minority that you're trying to appeal to hold up that sign like you just can't have somebody hold up a sign that isn't representative of what that sign says you can't do that it's like (laughs) it's like the convention they had one that said like you know it was supposed to be spanish for latinos for trump yeah but it was like (laughs) the the translation wasn't accurate i mean it wasn't even the way you say it in spanish there was like it it translated (laughs) to like latinos on trump or something like that it just wasn't correct <laughs> but it'd be like me if i was holding like a latinos for trump sign it's like that does that that's not right yeah, but you like, look like you could maybe i don't know yeah, I don't like maybe. you know what i'm talking about right. like it's but like frozen dead guys for trump exactly You're obviously, Come on. Uh, I, you know though i i think the one of the key things today that i heard was i was listening to howard stern and uh one of the things that he said is even in locker room talk he would be absolutely taken back if one of his friends said you oh, can, I went and like, hey, let's go grab this girl by the pussy. Yeah, like yeah. you just he said that that like actually took him off guard, which Howard Stern is a shock jock. Yeah. I mean, if it takes a shock jock off guard, <laughs> something's wrong. I just really can't imagine wrong. that. the. I mean, I I think the the latest like 538 poll puts it at he has a six percent chance of winning now. Uh, well, well, now he's saying that that the. Election is completely rigged, right. and now he's he's going to be the first person since the Civil War, they think, to contest an election. Wow. Yeah. It's, well, that's it's not never, true. I mean, what, they're, well, they're, he's, not, Al Gore did it, too, yeah. but in a, in a legal way. This guy yeah. is going to – it's obvious he's just basically setting up a media empire for after the – election well i think that was pretty apparent at, after the first debate when he's like i got a new store opening up on pennsylvania avenue right. if i don't exactly. get there one we'll get there. i'm like this guy's this guy's he's, out of his mind <laughs> unbelievable. he's like he's like plugging like have you had some steaks yeah, yeah. Imagine, i mean just just imagine like if, if he actually got in i mean i know it's not going to happen but 
There's... Four years is a long fucking time. <laughs> Things and, get wacky. And, and just the stuff he's done in the last month has been insane. Imagine if he actually had the power of the presidency behind him. Oh. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, there's part of me that wishes I could, like, live in two realities and just kind of see how crazy that reality would be. And I think that's uh, probably a third of his voters. You know, yeah. you know like, just want to see the world blow up. Yeah, like, it would just be so insane. Like, like what like what could possibly happen next? You know, like, what would he do next? It'd be, it, like, if... What if we told him that he won the presidency and then we just did a reality TV show called like, Donald Trump thinks he's the president oh, and just yeah. watch this guy go completely crazy? Well, that's you know? like <laughs> that, he, I would he, watch it. He keeps reporting that he's on time. Like I've I've been on on the cover of Time magazine more than any other like figure. Yeah, and and he thinks that th- that's a good thing. But the the last the two co- times were him all melting. The co- yeah, all the covers are him slowly melting. Yeah. So I I don't think he. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think about you know, I think about the world we live in, not just uh, you know the phenomenon that's Donald Trump, but I mean the entire like the world has a lot of crazy leaders in it. You know what I mean? Like like there's it's it's not like he's like an anomaly. Like no. like big powerful countries are run by completely insane people. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like maybe we should have like a uh, like a like a like a country island reality show where we just throw all these like super crazy people. <laughs> but what, I, like, let's go to to the one thing that I think is is really disturbing about this is we have one guy who lives in the Bay Area who's given one point two five million to the Trump campaign, Peter Thiel, who also said that uh, that women shouldn't be allowed to vote. Yeah, I mean that's um, and he's also gay. So openly, openly gay, and for Trump, which hmm. yeah, and. I, I, it's just shocking, and a lot of people are saying that he wants to see this crazy town occur. Like yeah. he's, yeah, he's he's trying to support Trump solely to watch the chaos. People chaos. want chaos. Yeah, like so you're saying like it's almost anarchy, like yeah. anarchists for Trump. Like people like know that things would go so off the rails that they're like, let's make it happen. Kind of what well, I was saying. They're like, the ones just, they, you know, and I kind of I get their point. Like everyone can agree the system's broken, and like people in positions of power are not doing their job and not being held accountable. Like that sucks. But the solution isn't blow it all up. Blow it all up. That's not, not not with your track phone. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow, look at look at Doug bringing it uh, back to Dave Ansbury. Yeah, Dave Ansbury. I like that you have that written down. I know. Well, you know, what was the but, name of that town again? I want to. <laughs> I want to go there. We should. We should try to maybe. Uh, you know. Do a, do a podcast from there. That would be awesome, dude. Bro- broadcasting live from live the dead from, frozen from, guy from, there. from Nether uh, Netherland, Colorado. I mean that's not that far away. Colorado's no, not that far away. We could do that. Away. We could do like a. We could do a remote from there. That's some frequent flyer miles. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. I was thinking road trip, man. Road Make trip, it exciting. Will we will we drive the uh, the pink motorcycles across? Dude, we could take my minivan, bro. We could, <laughs> we could on, paint man. it up like a frozen dead guy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Big blue dick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, all right. What was your what was your final story? That uh, well. Oh yeah, I we did, cut we, you we, off and talk Trump. Yeah, Come on. We, you guys talk. You guys want to. Wanted to talk Trump. All right. So the the last story that I was talking about was the the pilot story, and that's this this pilot. Um, he uh, his name is Ferros. He uh, was flying with his he instructor. Like Prince, he has one name. <laughs> he's he's not like Prince. He has two names, but the other one's like hard. You can't pronounce it. No. Hold on. A try. Try. Hold, hold on, just a second. I got I got to get that up because I, I pulled that one down. Hold on, just a second. Um, so his name. Could we just guess his last name? Yeah, you can. You can start <laughs> guessing now. Mueller. Mueller. <laughs> uh, well, I found his instructor's name. Trump. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so this pilot. <laughs> I'm still looking for his name. I fuck his name. He's a pilot, and yeah. So anyway, he he was very close to uh, finishing his license, and I guess he wasn't doing very well, 
Um, so he was on a final approach for a runway, and he got in a fist fight with his instructor on final and just ditched the plane right down, like punched it down into the ground and like almost killed uh, the instructor as well. But he killed himself. And wait, they, whoa, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait a second. So this guy's learning how to fly. Uh-huh. He isn't getting the hang of it. The instructor's like, hey, dude, you're doing this wrong. He starts freaking out, starts beating the instructor as they're landing. Yes. And he's like, F it, I'm going to crash this plane. Exactly. So, Eric, um, what, I mean, what, what, what's, is that representative of the world we live in? Like, what, like what, what's the thought process there? Are people just, people, are, is there no control of emotions? I mean, are we, are we the just like. The first thing I thought of was Cameron Diaz's character in Vanilla Sky. Oh, wow. When, you remember that? Like, yeah. he's talking about, yeah, she's like, I swallowed your cum, doesn't that mean anything? <laughs> and then, you know, because he's trying to break up with her, so she tries to crash the car with both of them in it. Maybe that. Kind of. Maybe yeah. there's something sexual going on. These two <laughs> yeah, guys. that's true. Oh, um, that's that's some powerful emotions right there, man. That's insane. Yeah, that, I mean, that is the definition of insanity right there. So his name is uh, Ferris uh, Fretka, or uh <laughs> Fret, uh, I can't say it. It's F R E I T E K H. I think you. I think you pronounce it right. Right. Ferris right. Let's go with that. Not gonna. Um, not gonna fly this plane anymore. Is his last name. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But the poor thing, like his instructor, was really well respected, liked, and somehow was able to survive this. He's in the hospital now, and they expect that he'll fully recover. But he was able to talk to um, the uh, feds and everyone about this. And they said, is this terrorism? Because yeah. he tried to, the plane just almost hit uh, near um, Pratt Whitney, like the government uh, design firm for engines. Mm. And he was like, maybe he was trying to do something weird in that regard. Um, and he said, no, uh, it's not terrorism. It was a suicide. So. So I guess. Wait, 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 wait. So the dude. Wait, wait, wait. So it was a suicide. So you're telling me that this guy wanted to kill himself in a plane crash. So he went to go take flying lessons. No, he was he was on his way to being a pilot. Okay. And uh, he had gotten pretty far. He had a single engine. He was getting his dual engine license. Yeah. And then he was right coming up to like his final exam before you know getting his full commercial license and. I guess it wasn't going well, or he was despondent about being a pilot, and apparently he was also unhappy about it, and decided <laughs> I'm gonna go. I think ultimately, like it's easy to laugh at it, but it is. You got to figure the guy must have been a lot. There must have been a lot more going on. There had to have been, been, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really sad that he endangered somebody else's. Like, I, I, endangered. Know, I, I've never not... understood that. I've been in a pl- in a depressed place before. I've understood what it's you know what it's like to get there, but I've what I've never understood was like wanting to hurt other people on your way out. Yeah, that is a trip to me. But, it always is. But also, he's crashing this plane into a relatively crowded area, and there luckily there was a minivan that stopped when they saw the plane coming down mm. so rapidly, and you can there's a a photo of how close the minivan was, and it had a family in it. They're all okay. Um, but obviously shaken up. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he could have hurt way more than just the instructor. 
Well, and it's amazing that the dude's alive. I mean, I, I, not too many people survive plane crashes, man. I mean, like, not, no matter what kind of and crash not only, it is. Yeah, and not only that, in such a small plane. I mean, yeah. this is a, not a very big plane at all. I read uh, Travis's book from uh, Blink-182. Uh-huh. And uh, I've, oh, I've, wow. been, I've, been a few, I've met him a few times, and you know, he's, 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 a, he's a pretty quiet guy. I want to say, like, he's, like, the most, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, how would how, you say it politely? Like, he's not the most, like... Uh, expansive dude or right. you know just a pretty simple guy um but that those few chapters on that plane crash of his uh were so intense and so it, it was amazing to read i mean it really is amazing to read and, and, and horrific like every everything you could possibly imagine i mean it's just unbelievable that dude's still alive i mean i can't, I can't it's almost like weird to sit there and just think that the, the dude's still out playing music i mean yeah. it's, it's just it's unbelievable that he's been able to kind of process everything and move on with his life because it's just well, he a, talks about like like the just the surgeries and the you know just everything. It's just oh my, it's unbelievable. Well, AM who was with him on the flight couldn't handle it. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it, and these are people who are used to a lot of strain and a lot of challenges in their lives, and like that when this happened, it was just too much for almost all of them. What's crazy about it is in the book he talks about how uh, he always had a fear of flying. Like he was super, that's one of the reasons why he got uh, addicted to uh, pills and stuff because when he'd fly, he'd just have to be totally wasted. But he said that when he was a kid, when he was a kid, he saw a plane fall from the sky. Oh my God. And he was just always like freaked out about it. And so like anytime, anytime you'd see a plane, you'd freak out. Um, And so when he started touring in the band and they got bigger and bigger, it was like a big deal for him to fly. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, it's almost like like that weird fate where like it was the thing he feared the most and it ended up happening to him. And, you know, but I mean, he's powered through it. It's, it's an, it, I can't remember what the name of his book is, but if you pick it up, I mean, just, you know, read those few chapters. It's pretty awesome. Right. And Eric, I was going to say, come over here and look how close the minivan was to this because Mike can't see it. But you I drive kind of... a minivan, bro. I know how big those things are. But look, it was oh, like. Wow, yeah. So it's literally like if you go to heavy.com and you look at at um, at, at the uh, photos around it, I mean, it literally landed right in front of these people. Don't you kind of – I mean, I'm surprised you like to fly so much. I mean, I'm sure it's fun, man, but, I mean, I, and I fly, you know, pretty often, and every time I fly, I hate it, man. Like, I like, I, I just – I always I, I always have the that, horrible I thought. I this Annex thing, too. I couldn't – I'd love to fly because I'd just be fucked up the whole time. Yeah. That's but, why you wanted to fly. But it was, a, <laughs> yeah, it was an excuse, but still, it's like – yeah, I, mean, I respect anyone who can get up there and do that. I, like I, Doug is. I, I think it's a little bit more unnerving for me to be flying knowing somebody else is in control. But when I'm in control, it feels a lot better because I know, A, I've checked the plane completely. I know exactly what the performance limitations of the plane are. I feel very comfortable in my particular plane because I've been flying for mm. over 20 years. So I feel very comfortable with it. But... Uh, when somebody else is flying and I feel something like uh, I was on a virgin flight and the pilot had done something reckless, which he is he got below the path of another plane and the plane literally just went and turned sideways mm. and because the uh, vortex off the yeah, range yeah. of the other plane caused it to turn. And then he had to write it on final. And I was just like this. That was like a novice move. Now, now, what about? I mean, like I understand, like flying maybe like a little small plane. Like I think I could handle that. But the guy, the guys that trip me out are like the dudes, like uh, the Bruce Dickinsons of Iron Maiden, the Dexters of the Offspring, who like they they'll fly seven forty sevens. Like they're just like I want to fly, like I want to fly like a big plane. It's like right. like 
that, you know, that seems I just I don't know, man. And and the other thing, think of that you're you're the band members of that band, and and you know you parted with this guy before, and yeah. now he's got your life in his hands. Yeah, flying yeah. a huge ass plane. Well, they yeah, did. You... They, they did a thing. Iron Maiden did a thing called Flight Six Sixty Six or whatever, where you could Six Six Six. Where as a fan, you could get on the Iron Maiden plane. Bruce Dickinson was your pilot. He, he greeted you. You <laughs> sat in the plane. They flew you to wherever the show was. You got off, took a bus to the show, watched Bruce Dickinson jump around in the tights, sleep over, and the next day get on the plane and they fly you back. And that's like, now, where are those bands today? That's, like, that's weird, man. Like, no one's doing anything like that. Like, who even thinks of that? Like, someday I'm going to be in a rock band. We're going to be so big. I'm going to... F- be a pilot, fly my, fly my own, own 747, yeah. and fly my fans around to see me. Like back in like the 80s, like he was all freaking gacked out, like <laughs> talking about that. And all of a sudden, like all the guys would be like, hey, man, he did it. Wow, crazy. But like, uh, so <laughs> one of the like fastest private jets is, is owned by Travolta. And yeah. he flies himself around and he actually has a place at like some. It's up near. Tahoe. I've seen a picture of it. Yeah. yeah, he's got a, he's got a he's got a instead of a driveway, he's got a, a runway. Right, right, right to his house. house. Yeah, it's and he can park it in his garage. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. All right, all right, well, man. Well, I'm going to go take public transportation home, and uh, you're going to take your private jet home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to hop in that, just fly right home. Exactly, man. Living the life it's, of uh, it's it's tail it's tail tail number is M U N I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or B A R T. Yeah. <laughs> Right, All right. Man. Well, excellent. Well, uh, thanks for listening to Vomiting Rainbows. This is episode 11. Uh, listen to uh, us, more of our episodes on vomitingrainbows.com. And uh, like us on We Vomit Rainbows, iTunes, and Stitcher, and Google Play. And you're supposed to thank our guest. Doc. Oh, that's, that's what oh like and thank you, Eric, for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. We hope, hope to have you back. Absolutely. <laughs>